I'm Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. I have this fiddle leaf fig tree sitting in my office. I'm looking at it right now, actually. I bought it, I remember when I bought it, at Lowe's about six or seven months ago on sale. It was only like $8. And this little fiddle leaf fig tree in a small pot had a a sticker attached to it that marked it down to like the eight or nine dollars that I paid for it, but informed whoever was bold and brave enough to buy the thing that they were buying a plant that was on its last legs. Essentially, this was a plant that had basically been forgotten, had somehow sat in the garden section of Lowe's and had kind of wasted away getting a little bit of light and a little bit of water, but usually the leftovers from other more well-tended plants. And so they were marking it down on clearance, and I'm sure somebody would buy it, but, you know, the hopes of it lasting for longer than a couple of weeks were probably slim to none. Well, I'm happy to report that uh, Freddie, the fiddle leaf fig tree, is thriving. He hangs in a potholder in my window right next to a stained glass image of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I look at him quite a bit throughout the course of my day. I spend quite a bit of time sitting at this desk recording all sorts of podcasts and radio shows. I think back to that that little fiddle leaf fig tree and its its bright tag that said, probably going to die next to eight dollars. You know, this little this little leaf of a of a tree, plant of a tree, that's the word I'm looking for here. This little plant, it was on its last last hours. And so they were just trying to clean out their garden section and figured, oh, we can toss it off on someone else and make a few dollars, probably lost money on it. The pot alone was worth the $8. And that was kind of my logic. If the plant dies, the pot is quite nice. And so I could plant something else in it once, you know, the fiddle leaf finally kicks it. But it hasn't. It hasn't kicked it. I've watered it faithfully. I've given it plenty of sunlight from time to time. I've given it some nutritious, rich coffee grounds to try to, you know, give it that good compost feel. Makes my office smell real great on those days. But it's hanging on. Despite what was said about it, probably going to die. Despite the low cost, only $8 for a plant, it's thrived. You know, it's not as beautiful as other fiddle leaf figs. It's never gotten taller uh, so that I would need to repot it. It hangs out in here. It soaks in the sun. I rotate it every couple of weeks. It's doing fine. And I sometimes think to myself, you know, Freddie the fiddle leaf fig tree who only cost me $8 and was probably going to die when I bought it, he got a second chance. This little fig tree... Well, the fiddle leaf, I guess I should say. It's not a fig. It does not produce any sort of fruit. We're not operating a a Fig Newton uh, factory in my office. But this little fiddle leaf fig tree, it's tried. Oh, it's tried its darndest. Now, we're starting a brand new season of Ave Explorers, and I just spent three minutes talking about a, a fiddle leaf fig tree that I bought for $8 at Lowe's a little less than a year ago. And you might be sitting there thinking, Katie's off her rocker. She's been off of uh, Ave Explorers for too long. This was too long of a break between Advent and Lent. Why are we talking about plants and sun and water? And we haven't even mentioned the Lenten season, which we're launching ourselves into in just a matter of a few days. And let's be real. The, the fiddle leaf fig tree that barely survived over the past few months, but is hanging on 
and doing its best because I've been tending to it as best as I possibly can, me with no green thumb sense whatsoever, a little bit of effort with this fiddle leaf fig tree. Uh, A few coffee grounds, regular watering, and plenty of sunlight has given it room to grow, has given it space to thrive, has allowed it to grow new leaves, has allowed it to shed the old leaves, has given it room and space to, to bring a, a small slice of beauty into this office that I spend so much time in. All it took was just a little bit of attention. And this plant didn't die. For a whopping $8 and with no hope, I brought Freddie the Fiddle Leaf Fig Tree home and he's doing great. Just a little bit of effort. Just a little bit of commitment. Now, you probably know where I'm going with this, especially if you're a longtime listener of Ave Explorers. Our spiritual lives, especially in the Lenten season, are not so different than Freddie the Fiddle Leaf Fig Tree, who was only $8 and was probably going to die. We put forth a little bit of effort. We give ourselves a little bit of sunlight. We give ourselves a little bit of water. We pack in a few coffee grounds from time to time, and we can grow. We can thrive. We can get to the other side of our Lenten experience and look back on it and realize I was $8 and near death in my spiritual life. And now I am doing okay. I am growing. I am growing new leaves. I am growing out of my pot and I'm able to bring a small slice of beauty into the world that I occupy. The Lenten season, we as Catholics, we sometimes set ourselves off in Lent with this laundry list of things we're going to do. We're going to give up this We're going to go do that. We're going to be generous in this particular way. We're going to pray this many hours every single day. We're going to do Bible in a year and Bible in 40 days, right? Like we we give ourselves this massive to-do list and we don't enter into Lent with an openness, an openness to ultimately return to the Lord. Father John Burns has written what I think is one of the most beautiful Lenten reflection books I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of them. I wrote one of them. This Lent book, this journey of returning to the Lord with all our hearts, of being able to enter into the Lenten season, fully anticipating all that God can possibly do in our lives if we're open to it, that is a a massive undertaking and a huge project. And being able to walk through Return by Father John Burns together over the course of the, the next eight episodes that we all do here on Ave Explorers, I think this could be a real gift to you. I think this could be maybe the watering and the sunlight and the coffee grounds and the soil of your heart that you need to be able to grow. Over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to chat with some amazing people, people whose stories you probably know or have seen, encountered, people that you might not have ever met before, familiar faces and guests to the Ave Explorers world, and of course, Father John Burns himself helping us journey through the book. And we wanted to kick off you know, just kind of give you a little bit of a preview of what's coming in our Lenten season by, by starting with some conversation, some intentional conversation about, well, what is Lent in the first place? How can Lent be a fruitful season for all of us in the first place? And so to talk about that, I wanted to sit down with a, a dear friend of mine. Mark Hart is like a big brother to me. I've known him for years. And Mark always gives a great kind of snapshot and overview of liturgical seasons, of liturgical living, of prayer. 
You know, Mark works for Life Scene International. I've known him through a lot of different avenues. We've spoken together. We've done events together. Mark spoke at events when I was a teenager. So I kind of feel like I've grown up with him and, and now I can call him friend. He's an Ave author. He has an amazing book that helps you kind of dig into the Sunday readings called One Sunday at a Time. And we sat down together to get ourselves ready for Lent. This is all part of our Ave Explorers series, digging into Father John Burns' book, Return. You can grab a copy of Return over on AveMariaPress.com. There's still time. There's still time to get it. So make sure you run. Don't walk. The link is down in our show notes to grab a copy. So every week, every Sunday, when we sit down and talk about the themes of the week, you have the book to walk through, to read, to journal with. So grab a copy, sit back and enjoy this conversation with Mark Hart about how we can enter into Lent fully and return to the Lord this Lenten season. Mark Hart, welcome back to Ave Explorers. Yay! Yay! <laughs> it's always good to visit with you. I feel like that's how all of our interviews begin. You're like the big brother I always wanted. How are you? How are things? How's life out in uh, sunny Arizona? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's 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 65. <laughs> yeah, you guys are lucky. It's terrible. I mean, I'm People in... are using things called snowblowers. I've never actually seen one. Yeah. I saw one online. I thought they were <laughs> fake, but it's amazing. Are you kidding? I don't even own a shovel. This is the time of year when we just start posting selfies ad nauseum and people don't like it. Yeah, people hate you. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) we're recording this. Dallas is frozen over. I don't actually know if I'm going to be able to fly out tomorrow because I think they're just like, we're not here right now. Everything's shut down. We don't know what to do. Cat litter is our salt. It's a whole thing. sorry. (laughs) Oh, it's fine. I mean, it's not like I was particularly excited about going to Madison, Wisconsin, where it's three degrees right now. Uh, I'd much rather head to Phoenix. Mark, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. I mean, most of our listeners probably know, but give us the rundown. Yeah, I'm a professional sinner, and sometimes I moonlight on the side. I'm trying to share the gospel. I, uh, <laughs> I have an amazing wife, Melanie. I have four kids. I have one out of college, two in high school, and I have a little third grader who's a saint-making machine. Wait, time and, out. Uh, you have a kid out of college? Yes, my eldest is out of college. Whoa, I didn't, I missed that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, so, 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 so that's great. So she's already started into her career and I have a junior in high school, I got a freshman in high school, I got a third grader. So, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's just a, a hot mess out here in the suburbs and uh, I've been working. I mean, I just started my 20, I just started my 28th year of ministry. Wow. So yeah, so I'm really So I get to work, my daytime job, I get to work as CIO of Life Team International, which means I get to do a little bit of everything and sometimes I get a cup of coffee for it. So it's good. <laughs> Awesome. It works out in the end. So it works out with such a wide spectrum. You've got a third grader and an adult. Like you have an adult yeah. child. How do you and your wife kind of navigate liturgical living, the seasons of the year? I mean, are, is your your eldest coming home to like light Advent candles, and your your third grader like you know asking her for advice? Like, how do you guys navigate such a widespread? Uh, mostly wine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, that works. <laughs> that was just such a that was such a, like an easy volume. <laughs> no, honestly, that's the million dollar question. Right? And you know this. I mean, when you're when you're parenting littles, you're, even though you know a couple years apart, you're still switching hats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're having to kind of I just say one thing one way to this one, and one way to this one. And then as they get older, and then you know they become more mature, at least chronologically, as they become more mature, you you have to you can't vary the truth, but you have to vary the messaging, mm. right? How you transmit it to life. I think sometimes people. Any people hear you on the radio, they see you here on, on Ave, that they're thinking, oh, you know, she and Tommy, they got it all figured <laughs> out. Their kids are praying rosaries Lies. and Latin backwards, <laughs> you know, kneeling on uncooked rice, you know, as a, as a form of penitence, you know. I think it's even, I think sometimes it's even harder, mm-hmm. and not just for those of us who are in active, you know, quote unquote, you know, ministry, but 
work at a parish level or people who like spend a lot of time you know, at, at their parish, right? I think it could be even harder because sort of like that preacher kid syndrome mm-hmm. or that, you know, when you, when you have your kids and you're like mom lives in the adoration chapel or dad's always volunteering mm-hmm. with the, the Knights of Columbus. I think it could be even harder because, well, I mean, gosh, anybody that saw the original Footloose, remember? I mean, you know, the preacher's <laughs> daughter with the red cowboy boots. I, was always, I keep looking at my daughter's closet making sure there's no red cowboy boots. <laughs> but I think, I think the challenge you're talking about something like the season of Lent is that it can just become so, such white noise, mm-hmm. you know, because you're trying to enter another year. And then as you know, like, you're, you have to start preparing for Lent mentally and then professionally weeks before it even starts, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, so so it's it's sort of like, well, you know, that's like you don't want to become that's mom or dad's thing. They're the ones that are learning their faith, it's mom or dad's thing. And I think it starts with just talking about Jesus mm-hmm. as though he's in the room all the time. Talking about the Lord as though he's there at the dinner table, talking about the Lord as though he's in the car when you're driving to, you know, to school or to an event. And just talking about the Lord as though you're walking with him, but the, the family's walking with mm-hmm. him, you know? And, and what is the Lord desiring for me today? Because if it becomes part of the daily conversation outside of the special seasons like Lent and Advent and Christmas, season, if it's just an ordinary time, if he's part of the conversation, well, then it doesn't feel like such a weird flip of the switch when all of a sudden yank the music, we throw on the purple, mm-hmm. we cover our head in ashes and we stop eating hamburgers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like such a huge digression or diversion right, from right. your normal daily walk, Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I like that line that sometimes Lent can become white noise. Like, oh, it's, you know, it's okay. It's just the thing. Like, no, no, no. Like there's like this separate, Jesus is part of our conversation. He's part of our family. And over these 40 some odd days, count the Sundays or not, we mm-hmm. are being a little more intentional in giving something up or in doing a particular practice. How, how do you navigate, you know, in ministry and your personal spirituality within your marriage, within your family, how do you navigate kind of balancing the the fasting and the praying and the almsgiving in the season of Lent? Do you find one kind of comes to the fore, one that you avoid more than others? How, how does that shake out? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that's the million dollar question. I wish everybody asked this. I wish every <laughs> pastor would stand and, and throw this question out for consideration and discernment to all the faithful, mm-hmm. like the beginning of every season. Lent is designed to reveal the spiritual dehydration of our souls, mm, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, right? We're supposed to be seeking the living water. Okay, so I think that what we normally do, we, we go for the low hanging fruit first, right? Which is what Adam and Eve did, right? What's the easiest? Oh, I'm just going to give up coffee and then make mm. everybody in my life miserable. I'm going <laughs> to quit chocolate and everyone's going to hate me. You know, so we always look for the what can I give up, which is great. I mean, the, what okay, fast them? That's awesome. And I'm not saying don't do that. But I think sometimes we, we, we do it in a reverse order. And, and I've just found like in my life in the last few years and in, in our family's life, it's gone better when we start with what we're adding on mm. and you focus on what, what you're adding on first, right? And then you kind of, then you focus on what you're sacrificing, right? So, because you can start with like starting with the positive and like ending what you can see with the negative. But if you flip the order, then all of a sudden what you're sacrificing becomes a positive also, mm-hmm. you know? So, so I like to say is, hey, you know, or, if, or if you want to start with sacrifice, then I'll say, before you get to caffeine or sugar or whatever else, you know, alcohol or sugar sacrifice, let's start with, you know what? Lent is like a spiritual spring cleaning, mm-hmm. right? It's like, like, this is the time we're supposed to go into the junk drawers of our soul, the, the junk closets of our soul, the garage of our soul, and like empty out all the junk, right? Turn back to God, return to the gospel, get to confession, all those things. So I like, what I like to do with my kids is right before Lent starts, we'll go through and I'll say, okay, it's like a spring cleaning day. We'll set aside Saturday, say you're going to go through your closets for everything doesn't fit. Right. With your drawers, everything doesn't fit. You're going to help me out in the garage for stuff that we don't use anymore. We're going to go through all those junkers. We're going to we're going to do a massive purge. 
right? And that massive purge is meant to create space. Why? Mm -hmm. Because on a goal level and on an aesthetic level, when do you feel better? When your house is clean, when you've purged, when you go in and you can see the stuff in your closet, see the stuff in your drawers. When you do those kinds of things, it's, it's, A, it's an act of service, right? So you're teaching your kids to serve and think of others, which is Mm -hmm. really important because Lent is about the other, right? It's not just about myself. It's about about focusing on Jesus, not just on myself, right? But secondarily, when you get the clutter out, you can think more clearly. Mm -hmm. So there's a good feeling you have if you're putting your stuff out, you're giving it to the poor, you're taking the symbols to Paul, or if you get that clutter out of the way, you say, this is where I'm going to sacrifice. We start with those physical sacrifices. When you're in a better spot mentally, physically, you feel good. It's a great way to start in in years in a better mindset. Then you start having a conversation about, okay, what else can I give up? Mm-hmm. That felt good, right? And, mm-hmm. and even the littles can understand that. When they walk into a room, even if they're giving up some toys, there's a satisfaction of I'm giving it to another child yeah. or closing their person. There's a satisfaction of I'm in a cleaner space. If you start with a positive, you say, doesn't that feel good? Okay, now what else can we sacrifice for, you know, for, for the Lord, you know, for someone, from someone else? And then it doesn't feel like such a stretch. And then the other thing we like to do is we like to have that out, out with, the, with the family. We spend a good few days or a couple of weeks before Lent talking about what are you going to give up? Mm-hmm. What are you going to add on? And we throw ideas and bounce ideas back and forth, but there's a built-in accountability there where you feel as though the people in your household are supporting you, not lamenting. Yeah. I, I love that idea of when we empty something out, you can see it better. You know, like you pull everything out of the closet. I, I recently used a Christmas gift card. This is going to sound like the lamest thing in the world, but I used a Christmas gift card to buy those fancy velvet hangers that are like super thin. Oh, just, just, yeah. I just needed to organize my closet. And I was like, you know what? The, in, right. the impetus for organization is going to be nicer hangers. And so I lit- right. I did the Marie Kondo method of pulling everything out and mm-hmm. looking at each individual item. And it was so nice to have an empty closet and then to be able to refill it in the way I want it. Okay, these are the things I like. Mm-hmm. These are the things I actually wear. Here are the clothes that I can pack and they travel really well and it's okay if they're wrinkled and... And it just, it gave, it, it created space that I think in the mm-hmm. season of Lent, if we create space, the Lord can come in to fill that. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a great metaphor, right? It's only after we empty out and you keep what you need, mm-hmm. because that's what Lent is. Lent reveals like what, like the clutter that comes in our lives, the distractions that come in our lives, maybe the temptations, the noise, the things that come into our life and fill that empty space over the course of the calendar year. And this is the church's way of saying, Hey, you know what? Like, you don't need that. Mm-hmm. That's getting in the way. It's, it's, it's making it more difficult to hear God. It's making it more difficult to follow God, right? Before you can be hallowed, you got to be hallowed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you got to be emptied before you can be celebrated, right? So if you want to you become a saint, it's, it's a self-emptying process, both physically, you know, how many, how many saints started rich? A lot of them. How many ended rich? None of them, right? <laughs> so, so there's this, which is, if you're looking for a strong portfolio of sainthood, I'm not the way to go. But it, it really is like this, this great challenge. And that's, that's why Lent is such a rub and it's so hard. And that's why I think the Church of the Wisdom says it's not just about sacrificing. It's also about adding. Mm-hmm. It's also about all, and it's about the almsgiving, the fasting, but it's also about the, what else can I put in that I'm going to be edified by, right? If I'm taking this off and, and this has become my false God, whether it's, it's, it's booze, it's comfort eating, it's, it's just binge watching, whatever mm-hmm. it is. If this has become my God, how can I stop clutching at the, the hem of the robe of that false God and what can I replace it with that is God? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's daily prayer practices, adoration, it could, it could even be, it could be exercise. Why, why can't going out for like a walk or really getting like active, like on a treadmill mm-hmm. or something, why can't that be a form of prayer if we're inviting the Lord into it? It absolutely can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's countless ways to, uh, the word Father John uses this in this book is, is return, right? Returning to the Lord with everything mm-hmm. that we have. But we, it, it's not an invitation to return 
with all this baggage. I mean, the Lord will handle that if you mm. walk in with all this stuff. Like he can he can help you sort through it. But it's almost like there's a, an invitation being offered to us in Lent to return to the Lord empty, to return to the Lord with open hands that are not clutching and grasping at all this other stuff. Why do you think sometimes we we set out for Lent? You know, we're, this is going to air the week before Lent begins. So everybody's going to mm-hmm. listen to this and start thinking about Ash Wednesday, start thinking about that first Friday. Those first three days of Lent are like the worst because you don't eat meat on Wednesday. You don't eat meat on <laughs> Friday. All you want is a hamburger come Saturday right. morning. But we go in sometimes with these great high expectations and then it gets hard or, yeah. you know, something just kind of trips us up. Why do you think people sometimes resist the emptying and resist the return? Well, you, know, you, have, you have littles. Sin is our whoopee. <laughs> it is our comfort blanket. It's our whoopee. It's our pasty. It's our, it's, this is what I need. You know, sin for all of us, sin most often enters our soul and our life through the doors that we intentionally leave cracked open. Right. I don't want to shut it all away. I want to have it in case I need it. You know, I, I'm not going to hold my whoopee in the daylight, but man, I like to have it at night, you know, and I think that's why it's, it's, it, it's, it's our, it's our comfort. It's our go, you know, we make Adam and Eve sound like such dolts and so, such dukes. They were smarter than us. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that was like a supernatural intelligence they had. Right. I mean, and yet we make fun of them. Like, well, great. You know, like Adam and Eve screwed up for everybody. You know, <laughs> and we kind of get all upset when the reality is, what, what is the, what does the scripture say? It says that, that the fruit was pleasing to the eye and it was good. Like, mm-hmm. it, so sin is often like that, that sexy, attractive, alluring, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Right. And that's why, if, I mean, if, if it wasn't, there wouldn't be any sacrifice. Like we wouldn't be so dumb as to jump headfirst, headlong into sin. But it's, it's like we, we, it, we proclaim we love the Lord and, and we earnestly do, but we're fallen creatures. So if we're not seeking them every day and looking to constantly strengthen that relationship, both in the good and the bad season, well, then we do. We kind of, I mean, sin is an adulteress. Mm-hmm. You know, sin is what we, sin is an adulteress. It's what we go to. It's, mm-hmm. it's our, it's our little, our lover on the side, you mm-hmm. know, and I mean, we make fun of the Israelites, you know, because they made a golden calf. What have they been doing for Hedge? Well, they were surrounded by false gods and worship of false gods. It was in their nature. It was in the culture around them. It was just, it was built into who they are. I mean, we, we, we roll our eyes to people like in the Old Testament. We're no different. Mm-hmm. We all have our false gods. I mean, if you really want to see who your God is, go look through your Facebook feed, look mm-hmm. at the algorithms. You know what I mean? What's, what's popping up? You want to see who your false God is. Go look at your ATM account. Mm-hmm. Look at your false god. Go look at it. Go look at your phone and, and see how much time you spend on social media every week. Or go look at go look at your Netflix account and see what you watch. Like we're all guilty of it. We all have our little false gods. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and that's why Lent is so beautiful. Lent is Mother Church. You know, like when you're a you're a teenager and you don't want to go to high school mm-hmm. and you lay in your room and maybe it's cold out and you don't need the blankets and the blinds are drawn and it's dark and you're comfortable, it's just the best, and your mom's yelling to you, get up, you're gonna be late get up, they knock on the door, get up, they come in, they turn on the lights, get up. That's mother church during Lent. She's saying, wake, wake up, mm-hmm. get up. You know, she's kicking the mattress and turn on the lights and open the blinds saying, get up, join the living. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you've gotten complacent. You've gotten, gotten lethargic and we love you too much to let you miss out on life, right? You have to wake up and engage. And that's what the church is calling us to do, you know, and sometimes gently, like some, some moms or sometimes violently if we need it, you know, <laughs> like if you don't go to school, you're out of the house. So you got to move. And I think that's part of the, the beauty of it. You know, yeah. like we don't, we don't fault our moms for doing that because we know it's ultimately <laughs> for our own good. Eventually you realize she was right the whole time to join the living. Eventually. You have to recognize that there's stuff that's actually killing us. There's stuff that is, mm-hmm. is where, I mean, we're all kind of like walking dead from time to time, whether it, it's, 
You know, like there's there's all these those little things. You can, you, just, you give up coffee and, and you give up chocolate. You give up listening to the radio. Although I really hope people don't do that. I, I hope they listen to this podcast and my radio <laughs> that show. That would be detrimental. That would be you. detrimental to my career. But maybe you just like <laughs> give up listening to you know the the channel two with the pop hits or whatever. But mm-hmm. but there's we sometimes I think we think okay, well if I'm going to join the living, then I have to kill off all this stuff that's killing me. And and I think there's a gentleness too. Like mom's kicking the mattress and she's flipping mm-hmm. the lights on. But she's doing it because she loves you. And so like if if you right. throw those those blankets back and you're like, I have a fever today or you throw those blankets back and you're like, could we like maybe like try five minutes of waking up earlier every few days instead of like this instant like we're waking up at 4 a.m. and we're going to daily mass for, you know, like there's there's a gentleness in the return. The Lord is not torturing us over the course of no. Lent. But I think sometimes we do for ourselves. We go in guns blazing. We go in with this monster to do list. So there's two things that happen. We avoid or we go in ready to succeed and we end up inevitably failing. What's your practical advice for like charting a course for, I hate to even say successful Lent, but a Lent mm-hmm. that is fruitful, a Lent that does return us to the Lord, that does bring us back to life. What's that, that middle way? I think I like to use the word return. I like to find father, that father, John is using the word return. You know, mm-hmm. God's trying to restore us back to fullness personally and in community, right? Like with the greater church, you're trying to restore us. That takes time. Like restoration takes time. If I ever done a remodel project, good Lord, mm-hmm. that takes time. Right? You're trying to rebuild your house or a part of your house, a room in your house. And I think the key for Len is like, if you look at the thing, like, gosh, this is going to be 40 plus days. I cannot give this up for 40 plus days. I cannot pray for 40 plus days. You know? it's, it sounds so silly, but it's that one day at a time thing. Mm-hmm. It's waking up and saying, I, I can't, I can't worry about when I eat on Friday. <laughs> I just got to wake up and try to not kill people today. Okay. <laughs> in traffic and at the office, I just got to wake up and just, I got to love today. Uh, there was this prayer that my, my, my late spiritual director taught me years and years and years ago. And it's both wrecked and blessed my life. And I prayed every day before I got out of bed. And it, I just say, Lord Jesus, I give you permission this day to remove anything and anyone from my life that will keep me from you. And it's such a scary prayer to pray because the minute you say it, you know, what ends up happening is all of a sudden, all these things start popping in your head and God reveals all these things that you're making your false gods. Mm-hmm. Lord God, I give you permission. Lord Jesus, I give you permission this day to remove anything and anyone from my life that will keep me from you or keep me from heaven. Right. And it really does call you out. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's on a daily basis, on a daily basis. And it will, it, it reveals those struggles, you know, and God doesn't abandon us. It doesn't abandon us to the struggles. I think sometimes we kind of forget and you know, we think that, okay, well, we almost think, feel like we were doing an open house. Like we're inviting Jesus into the open house of our soul. We're saying, oh, look at how shiny the kitchen is. Look at how beautiful the master bath is. Oh, don't go in the junk closet. No, 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 Lord, you can't go in there. And the Lord's coming in saying, I came to the open house, not for the shiny kitchen. I came for the junk closet. Mm-hmm. I came for the junk drawer. I came for the dirty garage. That's why I came. That's why I was built into filth. And I, was, I had an ox and an ass flanking me. That's why I was crucified between an ox and an ass on Calvary. Mm-hmm. I'm Calvary. I mean, like that's, that's why, right? So it's so crucial for us to enter into Lent and remember when he says, you know, the well don't need a physician, the sick do. Like, this is why I came. Mm-hmm. I was prefigured in the Old Testament. I was disfigured on the cross. I was transfigured on the mountain because I'm trying to show you the totality, the whole scene, okay? And that is, I came for you, not because of you, but in, in spite of your sin. Mm-hmm. I came because, I, you know, I love you. And I think that the more we realize that and go, okay, I can't worry about Friday and I can't worry about the third week of Lent. I just got to focus on trying to get better today. Mm-hmm. And honestly, and I also, I just feel like they need to say this because these Catholics were such creatures of guilt and shame and habit 
like, you know, it's like if you, I don't know by who kid, if I, if I pray a rosary and I start to fall asleep or I lose like count like in the moment decade, I start the whole decade over mm-hmm. because I feel so guilty. Like I'm letting like my blessed mother down. Right. So I'll say rosaries and then I have like 76, you know, Hail Marys <laughs> instead of 53. It's so stupid. It's like a Catholic guilt thing. But I think that sometimes we'll, we'll get in a land we'll maybe two, three, four days in or a week or two in and we're like, we slip up, right? I, I, I craved that so bad when I gave up and I had some. Or, you know, I, or I, mm-hmm. I committed to, I was going to pray, you know, 10 rosaries a day and I prayed one in two weeks. I'm a failure. And we just quit. And that's not what the Lord is saying. What Father was saying, like, you know, in his book and what that's about, it's about returning and restoring. And that's a gradual process. Mm-hmm. Even if you slip up, if you screw up, if, you know, Lent's not lost. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of having so many days in it, right? You get up and you try again because ultimately it's about the destination and the journey. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. I mean, the, the destination and the journey together make that arrival all the sweeter. We're ending all of our conversations this season, so you'll be the first to kind of share Yay! with us this answer. What is your hope for this Lent? In 2023, we'll, we'll date it, even though you know the book itself is not dated, but what is your hope for this Lent? At the end of this Lent, I would love for my wife to look me in the eyes and say, I've seen a change in you. Mm. I would love for my kids to look at me and say, thank you, dad. Mm. You know, like for your example, like for, for being joyful, even when we know he didn't feel like it, you know, I would hope that my, that if, if a Lent is successful, that I would see my own staff enter differently into prayer or projects mm-hmm. because maybe of an example, right? And I would pray that, that in my prayer during Easter season, you kind of hear that echoing of the Lord saying, you know, well done. Mm. You know what? Like, that was a good one. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's do even better next year. <laughs> let's you know? do it again. Yeah. yeah. I think we forget. <laughs> let's do it again. You know, I think we forget, you know, Lent, even if you count the Sundays, Lent is like 47 days. Mm-hmm. You know what's cool about Easter season? It's fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think you have to remember, like, as the church, when we get down, like, oh, the church has gone me to Lent again. Church says, hey, we're going to repent for 40 but then we're going to party for 50. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's really cool about being Catholic. It's when you put those things, you juxtapose them, you get proper perspective. The church is not saying how bad we are. The church is trying to reveal how good we're designed to be and help us become the best version of ourselves. And then once we do, we celebrate the resurrection freedom longer, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really, it's, it's a cool thing, but I think sometimes we lose sight of the, the 30,000 foot level, like the big picture of Lent because Lent is so quote unquote hard that we forget. It's like, it's part of our annual journey. It's mm-hmm. a great thing. Ugh, so good, Mark, we could keep going, but the, the editors will fuss at me. So where can we, um, <laughs> fuss. I'm gonna, such a Southern term. It they'll is. Fuss at me. They'll fuss at me. me over to the pharmacy. Well, and see, the thing is fuss is double, right? Like you can fuss, like I can be the one that fusses or you can have a child who is fussing. It's a, it's a very versatile word. So I think I grew up here in the stop your fussing. Right. Or I'm going to fuss at you. It's one of those. It's one of those double words. Where can we follow you, Mark? Where can we grab copies of all the great books and stuff that you do? You can go to uh, Ave Maria Press or you can go to Amazon.com. You can find me at Lifeteam.com. You can find me at Bibleweek.com. You can find me at HorribleCatholicCenter.com. <laughs> I wish I should go look up that URL. You should URL, definitely get that website. Yeah. <laughs> Buy it. .org.co.uk. <laughs> it's a network. Network of people. <laughs> there you go. Mark, we'll put all that in the show notes for sure. Thanks, my friend. It's so good to see you, Katie. You're such a gift. Have a great day. Always a joy. Mark is just always such a great conversation. I just, I love getting to chat with him. I love getting to spend time with him. You know, he texted me not long after uh, the Zoom call ended and we were finished recording. And he said, hey, thanks for that. It got my head in the zone for Lent. And I, I hope it did the same for you too. I hope it got you into kind of the, all right, we've got 
just a, a week left. Advent is is over, and ordinary time, we've, we've gone through it, and now here we are in the Lenten season. And it sometimes feels like Lent has creeped up on us. It snuck up on us. We weren't fully ready. Hopefully, this podcast episode kind of started to get you ready. I would encourage you to go to AveMariaPress.com and do two things. Here's your homework for today's episode. One, I want you to go and buy a copy of Father John's book. When I, I say this, I don't say this lightly. I don't say this because they asked me to say this. I don't say this because it was in a script somewhere. I say this because I believe it and I want you to know it. Father John's book, Return, is one of the best Lenten journals I've ever spent time with. I've already kind of gone through it in anticipation of doing all of this podcasting interviewing that you're going to hear in the next few weeks. And it's just so beautiful what he talks about, what he writes, what he tries to lead you into in a very prayerful way. You're going to love it. You're going to love this book. It's going to be fruitful to you. Josiah Henley's artwork is just captivating. It will it will allow your imagination to really run in a lot of different directions as you contemplate the suffering servant, as you contemplate returning to the Lord. So grab a copy at AveMariaPress.com. Also, while you're there, subscribe to our Ave Explorers emails. Every week on Sunday, we'll send you an email. It'll have this podcast episode in it. It will have the video series that goes along with return. It might have, I don't know, some giveaway opportunities or some coupon codes. You're going to want to get those emails because you won't miss anything once you've put that email into your inbox every single Sunday. So subscribe to the Ave Explorers series and grab a copy of Return over at AveMariaPress.com. You know, this season, we've got some amazing folks stopping on by. Next week, you'll hear from Father John Burns himself. We have author Paul George. We have Rocky McCormick from Detroit. We have Sister Miriam James Highland, Britt Fisk of Bell Road Beef. We've just got incredible people spending some time with us talking about the Lenten season. And I really think you're going to love these conversations that are coming. So again, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow wherever you listen to your podcast. Heck, give us a, a rating and a review and other people might find it as well. We're always so grateful when you spend time with us. Know that we're praying for you as this Lenten season starts in your life. Let us know if you have any questions or anything that you want us to talk about here on the podcast. And we'll see you next week for a conversation with Father John Burns to kick off our Lenten experience with Return. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.